Welcome everyone to the Red Rush Podcast. I'm Denver Lane, co-founder of Red Rush. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. If you are not aware, the core mission of Red Rush is essentially to make noise and encourage other conservatives to do the same. The silent majority has been silent for far too long. We've allowed the corrupt so-called leaders of the Democratic Party to swing their followers to the far left in order to maintain control by winning more political power. And recent history proves they use that power, of course, for personal gain instead of the betterment of our country and society. And we are guilty my fine conservative friends, we are guilty because we allowed them to infiltrate our education system. We allowed them to brainwash and indoctrinate our children. We allowed them to dominate our media. We sat back for years as their social justice warriors twisted and expanded the basic meaning of their core ideologies in order to demonize sanity and level-headed thinking to make the innocent seem evil in the eyes of the average working stiff just trying to live their lives. We've allowed them to confuse the populace with an ever-expanding list of rules to follow about the use of language and the meaning of ordinary events. They want you to think that restricting a men's room to men and a women's room to women is evil. Keep in mind, only about four-tenths of one percent of America identifies as transgender in a population with nearly 38 million daughters under the age of 17 and 750,000 registered sex offenders. But we're evil because we recognize the fact that putting 50% of our children in obvious harm's way in order to make 0.4% of our population feel better when they can't hold it till they get home is ludicrous. Now I have to insert here that I do not have a problem with basic liberal ideologies. I have a problem when we try to make policy that governs an ethnically and culturally diverse group of 329 million American people from these ideologies with no other considerations but for the ideology itself. I have a problem with the fact that the Democratic Party has been hijacked for ill purpose. I have a problem with the Democratic Party calling these extreme left ideologies liberal. But I do not have a problem with average Joe or Josephine liberal. The basic liberal ideologies, I feel, are born of good-hearted human beings who want to make the world a better and more fair place. These ideologies are born of love, and you can't fault people for loving their fellow man, even if the practical application of the ensuing policy is completely unrealistic. Conservative policies may not be perfect. But in practical application, they work far better at making life happier for the average person than liberal policies do. Not only does history prove this, but current events do. I don't have to remind anyone who takes the time to listen to me that everywhere liberal policies drive legislation, the people suffer. They suffer higher tax burdens, they suffer higher crime rates, higher poverty, higher homelessness. The poor citizens of many of our once beautiful cities now live in filth, and as far as the environment is concerned, we may be able to do better for the future of the earth, but the radical push to shame people for not following the latest flavor of climate hysteria is criminal. They say we need to pay attention to the science. 
as they ignore the real science that reveals the truth of other issues like gender. They expand the meaning of words like this to demonize those who who use traditional pronouns, for God's sakes. The hypocrisy is mind-numbing. Meanwhile, if they paid attention to the science regarding the one issue where they apparently think the science matters, they'd realize, number one, the jury is still out. You can twist the findings of a survey to make it seem as though 97% of scientists agree we're destroying the world, or you can examine the survey yourself and see the findings don't reflect the gathered information of the survey. Or instead of believing a liberal businessman who put out the survey, who put out his his findings on the survey, you can pay at least a little attention to the real climatologists, i.e. scientists, that say it's all a hoax and ask the level-headed question, what makes you think this? What makes you think this is a hoax? But that question, of course, doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't jive with the brainwashing. It's evil. It sounds evil to the liberal followers who've done their best to keep up with the social justice warriors' ever-changing edicts. Number two... They might just realize they're being led around by their passionate little noses. In my lifetime alone, we've gone from global cooling, the coming ice age, and the the snowball earth scare. And then it was the destruction of the ozone layer. Remember how it was going to be safe? Uh, it wasn't going to be safe to go outside, and how radiation from the sun was going to fry our electronics and our energy grids and our skin. And of course, now it's global warming and you know, the tipping point. We're just months away from the tipping point. (laughs) Whatever. You know, if we really only had 11 years to go, guess what? We're done. (laughs) Okay? Let's go out with a bang. Let's have a party. Let's start every car, eat tons of meat, and lace all the cow feed with beans and have a party. Let's chop down some more forests and get some bonfires going, but, you know, not too close to the cows. This is an absurd concept. The so-called scientists who prescribe to this concept, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a scientist, but I do understand the scientific method of disproving theories and hypotheses in order to establish facts, and anybody who says they know the truth right now isn't following the scientific method. They aren't finding the facts. They either don't have any freaking clue whatsoever, they don't know what they're talking about, or worse... They just want more grant money. Remember the golden rule. He who has the gold makes the rules, and our liberally drenched education system and special interest groups have the gold these scientists need to keep their projects funded. And why is there always a new social alarm? Why is there always some new injustice to take up arms against? With such an aware social conscience that would take us from a country who's, who poured filth into the sky and had smog alerts every day of the summer to the lowest emission levels in nearly 30 years. From a society reliant upon race-based slave labor to a society where one of the worst things you can be is a racist. From a society whose women couldn't hold jobs, go to school, or vote to a society with female scholars and where many of the largest companies are led by women. How is it possible that we have a new social crisis every freaking week? Stop for just one moment and ask yourself, 
what happens to a liberal special interest group when they solve their core problem? When the rebel no longer has a valid cause? Or when the issue diminishes to a level that no longer requires their services? Do you think they just shut their doors? Do you think they close down their associations? Look, many millennials won't believe this, but prior to 2008, racism in the U.S. was dying. Anyone my age remembers how it was in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and they saw the social progression toward the end of racism, and we remember that by the turn of the century, any remains of racism had shrunk into the shadows to the fringes of our awareness. We had advanced as a country from blacks not being allowed to even act in the theater to having black actors and actresses in lead roles in the movies and TV. We even had black networks, we still do, but networks devoted entirely to black shows and movies. Black men and women who applied themselves just like white, Hispanic, minority men and women who apply themselves can rise to any level and be whatever they want. And yes, it was socially shameful to be racist. It still is, but it was socially shameful. You didn't even hear about it because people, were, people that were like that didn't want you to know. It was one of the worst things you could be sans a murderer or a rapist, and you might have been better off as a murderer than a racist. Did racism still exist? Of course it did. But we had advanced so far. So what really happened? Why do we find ourselves now in the most racially charged atmosphere of my adult life? I guess we could follow the traditional conservative train of thought and blame it all on the Obama administration's divisive rhetoric and actions, but I, I personally think the truth goes a little deeper than that. Obama's war on the police and uplifting radical groups like Black Lives Matter uh, was just more fuel. His liberal followers were already primed for outrage. Why? Well, I tell you, because activism works. There is a place for it, and it works well. And the liberal so social justice warriors had done their job well. In the decades preceding 2008, they kept our collective attention focused on the task of equality. But they weren't needed like they once were. Did we still need to pay attention to be sure racism continued to fade away? Yes, of course. Did the issue need the kind of attention that it needed back in the 60s? Of course not. That's the way of things. We have to prioritize issues and our actions based on the need. We can't attack every problem with 100% of our attention or energy. We only have 100% to give. If racism is no longer as big a problem as it was 50, 60 years ago, we need to turn a proportionate amount of our collective attention to the more pressing issues. It only makes sense. But again, I ask you, what happens to the liberal special interest machine when the cause no longer requires the attention it once did? What happens to those liberal special interest groups and associations when the need for their services are diminished or eliminated? And once again, you just have to pay attention to the money because these groups do exactly what businesses do. They increase market awareness. That's right. In order to keep their followers' loyalty, maintain relevance, status, power, control, they have to artificially inflate their issues. And this is what we see today. 
We see the Liberal Party championing every fringe cause and inflating the issue to gain more power. They make mountains out of molehills and they blast out the injustice across the media, commanding every mainstream outlet to fall in lockstep, often even using the same verbiage in order to help program their followers' minds and lips. And they label anyone who doesn't fall in line a racist, misogynist, homophobe, xenophobe, or whatever happens to be their newest ist or phobe. Those people become the target of liberal followers' passionate outrage, ridicule, and yes, sometimes even violence. It is a cult mentality that grants relevance, fame, notoriety, wealth, and even power to whoever can be the loudest warrior or the most traumatized victim of the aforementioned injustice. It's a culture that lifts up the individual seen as the current news cycle's most outspoken victim, even if the cause is inflated or flat-out bogus. Take one look at the rise in hate crime hoaxes. It is currently estimated that two out of every three hate crime hoaxes, or hate crimes, excuse me, is actually a hoax. Two out of three. Now, even if this estimate is only half right, it's still an epidemic. I don't know about you, but to me, this begs three immediate questions. Number one, the obvious question, if these hate crimes are so prevalent, how could the number of hoaxes possibly outnumber the legitimate crimes? We see this nowhere else in our legal system that I'm aware of, and I'm sure my sister-in-law will correct me if she knows different, but people don't pretend to be murdered as often as they're murdered. They, people don't pretend to be mugged or the victims of theft more often than muggings or theft occurs. Women, though sometimes may cry rape where it doesn't exist, don't fake rape more often than rape occurs. How could the number of hate crime hoaxes outnumber true hate crimes by two to one unless there are truly very few genuine hate crimes? Number two, what on God's green earth could be the motive for perpetrating a fake hate crime against yourself? Now, sometimes it seems to be a smokescreen to prevent social outrage or personal embarrassment for something else. That is, if my parents think I was attacked by a couple of white boys, they certainly can't ground me for cutting my hair. But most of the time, I'm driven to believe that they perpetuate hate crime hoaxes for the express purpose of being recognized and uplifted by their liberally aligned peers. If Jesse Smellett had really been attacked by a pair of bleach-splashing, noose-wielding, MAGA-hat and ski-mask-wearing white boys shouting, This is MAGA country! in the middle of liberally-locked Streetville, Chicago, he'd been a freaking hero of the victim culture, and as a matter of fact... He did get his 15 minutes of fame before they started asking all sorts of questions and it all fell apart. And there are still, even though it all fell apart, even though it's pretty obvious that this guy committed a hate crime hoax against himself, there are still people, staunch believers, that, follow, that believe him, that believe this garbage. To, to this day, they believe. But the third question that the hate crime hoax phenomenon begs me to ask is why wouldn't the left, being so fooled so many times, do their best to stop hate crime hoaxes? 
Why isn't the perpetration of hate crime hoaxes an issue for their social justice warriors? This is obviously divisive and damaging to our society. If hate crime hoaxes outnumber hate crimes, why don't they champion the cause against hate crime hoaxes? Why aren't they raising the alarm and launching their social justice warriors at this injustice? You know, like shooting them out of a torpedo tube. Pew, pew. Social justice warriors away. (laughs) Well, we know the answer. Once again market awareness. Since the media normally does a fantastic job of reporting hate crimes and telling the world who their liberal masters say is at fault for these hate crimes, but they choose to invest a suspiciously disproportionate amount of time and energy when the crime turns out to be a hoax, the end result is more of the liberal base hears about the crimes, thereby emotionally cementing the narrative. The truth no longer matters because the fire has been flamed and the fear of injustice ingested. This is the core of liberal corruption in America. This is how the liberal corruption machine operates, or one of the ways the liberal corruption machine operates. Liberal special interest groups raise the alarm, are predominantly liberal media fans the flames, and the corrupt liberal politicians pander to each group of bleeding hearts promising the world in order to gain office where they make no real changes sans those changes that would line their pockets or gain them more control over the masses. As I alluded to before, just like Hitler, the most famous of all liberals, did you know Hitler actually said that he'd have named his party the Liberal Party if the name hadn't been taken? (laughs) Our modern-day corrupt liberals need a target. They have no power without someone to blame for their inflated issues. Laws regulate people. Your followers will have no political action to take if no one will be affected by the action. They can't get even their most passionate followers to take equitable action without a target. Well, guess who the target is? That's right, us. Free thinkers, rational thinkers, conservatives, Christians, whites, men, especially white men, and yes, the current president of the United States. Uh, He's obviously the prime target because not only does he hold the keys to the kingdom, but he sees the corruption and actively works for free and even loses vast amounts of his personal wealth in order to, to, as he calls it, drain the swamp. Well, I'll be the first person to tell you that I am not a true Trump fan. I think he's brash, arrogant, and not well-spoken. When he speaks off the cuff, he gives the opposition too much to work with, and his choppy reading of the teleprompter makes him seem a little dim-witted. Though I know he's not. It makes him seem so. If I were hiring a speaker, I'd probably choose someone else. But we didn't hire a speaker, did we? We hired a fighter. We hired a man to go toe-to-toe against the giant liberal corruption machine with its tainted media, wealthy special interest groups, and masses of brainwashed followers. And though I am the first to say I'm not a true fan of the man, I am a fanatical follower of the work he's doing. But Trump can't do it alone, and votes from deplorables like myself only make up about 27% of the possible voting pool. This, of course, includes the left's 
dead and illegal alien voters, but I personally don't think that we have much chance of getting rid of those voters because the Dems rely upon them so that they have something to complain about when they win the popular vote, but they lose the Electoral College. Um, Lord knows they'd like nothing better than to silence conservatives by eliminating the Electoral College and granting all the voting power to our democratically controlled cities. So what does all this mean? Though I do believe the left has shot themselves in the foot with this latest round of impeachment BS, regardless of the polls, because Trump's proven how reliable the polls can be, I think the American people are starting to see Adam Shifty for who he really is, just another lying, corrupt, lying liar of a swamp creature. Did I say liar? And they see how one-sided this... Russian collusion 2.0 or the dumpeachment investigation really is, but the fact that we could be outnumbered in 2020 still remains. And this is why my lovely wife and I started Red Rush, to make noise. The time for being the silent majority is long past over. If you want your daughters to be safe in public restrooms... If you think that we should be safe walking down the street without the threat of violence from people who shouldn't even be in our country. Okay, let me stop right there for a second. I don't know where the left is digging up this BS statistic about lower crime rates in the illegal population, but number one, yeah, right, pull the other one. And number two, it doesn't matter because they wouldn't commit any crimes here if they weren't here. Now, the vast majority of our population came from somewhere else. Neither I nor any conservative I've ever talked to has a problem with legal immigration, regardless of the left's consistent attempts to spin these facts into racism. Come here the right way, add your contribution to the great experiment, and you're not only welcome, we are thrilled and celebrate the accomplishment with you. You add your richness and vibrance to the melting pot. Come here illegally, however, and it's an entirely different story. You are, ipso facto, a lawbreaker and need to go. But let me get, let me get back, on pra- back on track. I'm a little passionate from time to time. I apologize. So let me get back on track. What I was saying is if you want your daughters to be safe in public restrooms, if you think we should be safe to walk down the street without threat of violence from people who shouldn't even be in our country, if you want your, your right to bear arms to not be infringed, if you believe it's dangerous to infringe upon our religious rights and you understand that the left has waged a somewhat silent war on Christianity, if you understand the importance of free speech to a free people and how we really aren't free if we can't speak our minds without fear of social, financial, or physical retribution, if you're sick and tired of the corruption and the hypocrisy and you know we've been led in the wrong direction for quite some time now, then it's time to get to work. Stop rolling your eyes when you see a political post. React to it. Respond, repost, like it, share it, make your voice heard. Get involved in politics on a local level. Start there and move up. Start affecting hearts and minds. Let's start making some protests of our own. You know, you, you may look like a nut waving your sign outside of a Democratic Socialist candidate's rally, but those three people will never see you again anyway. <laughs> you may just sway one of them to take a second look at their allegiances. 
We have got to get involved. If we do not fight for our freedom, we will lose it. Be it in 2020 or 2132, we will lose it if we don't break out of our conservative comfort zones and fight for it. I'm Denver Lane with Red Rush. Please subscribe to this podcast. There will be much more to come very soon. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Red Rush. That's all one word, or at least the last part is Red Rush. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Red Rush. We've also established a mighty network in case Facebook has a, a hissy fit and blocks us. Um, you'll find it at www.red-rush.mn, mikenovember.co. Join us there for free. You won't find much on that channel yet, but it gives us another means of communicating when the left shuts us down. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.